Boom. Welcome. <laughs> the boom throws me off. <laughs> boom goes the dynamite? <laughs> oh, my God. I can picture Steven. Man, boom goes the dynamite. Back in college being uh, that guy. <laughs> yeah. What's up, boys? I've missed you. Welcome back. Thank you. It was only a week, right? No fun today. It felt like ages. I know. Dad's back. I think I've only missed one. <laughs> Checking yeah. the bottles in the liquor cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I missed you guys. Well, I have not done one of these intros in a while, so bear with me. Uh, welcome to the Alfalfa Podcast, powered by Zbiotics. We are four entrepreneur and investor friends seeking the edge in money and meaning. I am Armand Asadi. Uh, happy to be back this week. We have Eric Johansson, Stephen Cesaro, and Nick Urbani is somewhere in the Himalayas, if I'm not mistaken. He's getting happy. It He's getting happy. So beautiful happy. over there. Tibet right now. Yeah. Dang. Is he in Tibet now? I. I believe I'm subscribed to his updates in our group chat. And the last one was like Tibetan monk ninja warriors uh, doing archery. Wow. That sounds cool. That was a sick video. What do you mean that sounds cool? You're in the thread. I didn't see that either. I didn't see it. What? You guys aren't. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, for what it's worth, I am opening every video that you send. I'm a friend. Please keep sending your content. When you said that, I was like, man, I wish I was in that group chat. (laughs) It's literally the message that he sent. (laughs) Did you see the one of him walking through the crowd and there was the guy chanting? There was so much crazy chanting going on. Yeah, it was crazy chanting. Uh, I think he's going to come back a peaceful fellow. That's my prediction. He's already a peaceful fellow. My question for you is, how many experience points do you think he's assigned to this trip. Ooh, die with zero reference. Um, mm, yeah, probably a ton. Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Knowing mm-hmm. him, he's he's already spreadsheeted out everything. This is high. <laughs> um, hello to the chat. What's good, everybody? We've missed you. Adam, good morning. GM, GM. Hookums in the house. Sorry we're late. Um, it's Steven's fault. Actually, no, I have to be fair. <laughs> Steven actually saved us today. He's become quite the techno king. He always had it in him. <laughs> he always had it in him. <laughs> um, Steven's got a little video queued up for us that we're going to kick off this episode with. So today we're talking about the, uh, how would you like to put this, Steven? The, the impossibility of Zoomers and millennials. How we're all financially screwed. Is that kind of what this is about? It's a question. It's like, are, are, are the Zoomers... Are the millennials uh, are 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 they doomed? Yes. Financially doomed? Are we doomed? There, there's a lot of nihilism, financially speaking, as you know, amongst the, the Zoomers and the millennials. And there is. It's been some stuff kind of going around on the on the interwebs lately that I think kind yeah. of cuts at the core of this. It's been interesting to see the different reactions to it. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it, um, and then maybe see if we have any solutions to it because we like to be. Yeah, we're going to dig into the nuance, right? We're going to go into it, maybe look at like the different perspectives, like how effed pe- people actually are. Yeah, can you um, can you still get can you make rich it? and yeah. make it in a world yeah. where the boomers uh, allegedly, but not not really, ha- have rigged everything and right. kind of fatten themselves uh, at, at the expense of the younger generations? Right. A um, couple more things, and then we'll dive into this video, which is. Uh, entertaining to say the least um so you can support the alfalfa podcast by becoming a member or with a one-time donation just head to alfalfapod.com um you'll see a link there you can pop a comment on the live stream if you're here now live watching if you're not watching live we'll read it out next time and we just appreciate all the support this is a whole community driven thing so really appreciate all the support in general um another easy way you can support the podcast is just send a recent episode to a friend a favorite episode, maybe the Zbiotics episode, maybe this episode, whatever fancies you. 
And of course, make sure you're uh, subscribed. Um, today we're drinking wine, which is a nice little twist. Uh, Stephen, you brought the you brought the rich one. Can you tell us about the rich one? It's not that rich. I know. I'm it's just uh, making, I'm, it's I'm, like the down label of uh, far, far far niente. Is that how mm-hmm. you pronounce it? Yeah. I always wondered that. Yeah. It's delicious. It's a, yeah. It's called Post and Beam. Mm-hmm. It's like fifty, sixty I've had bucks it at a Churchill bottle. A few it's like times. Uh, it's like half or a third of the price of their kind of flagship label. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Gets the job done. Yeah. Are you familiar with uh, Bonanza? No, I thought you. I were, would say uh, it's like top five wines if you can stomach like if you can do California wines. Most people love California wines uh, under like twenty five bucks. I would put it like top three even for people that like big, bold, juicy okay. California wines. I'm always yeah. looking for a good, uh, it's kind of hard to get a $25 bottle these days. It, it is. It used to be the sub $20 bottle. Now it's yeah. like mm, sub $30 bottle. Yeah. And then you brought that cab. I mean, that yeah. uh, Justin. Justin. Oh, you got cab. the Justin. Yeah. Classic. Justin is just such a good wine. Just delivers. I, yeah. I, do you guys remember when Justin was like $17? Yes. I do. I do. Good times. I do. <laughs> Um, did you guys take your Zubiotics? Well, I didn't. I did. I forgot to last week, which is a terrible idea. You yeah. have to. It did not go well. Well, let me tell you guys about Zubiotics. Um, first things first, for those of you, and I know many of you out there have not listened to episode 162 <laughs> with Zach Abbott, the CEO and founder of Zbiotics. I highly recommend you do. It is a different type of episode because we talk about the science of hangovers and Zach breaks a lot of myths, like the first one being that, you know, hangovers are not caused by dehydration. Just today, I was having this conversation with someone. He's like, I have a five supplement stack that I take every time I drink. And I was asking him what's in it. DHM was one of the items in it. And that was one of the items that Zach was talking about that actually. He said that one might work. Right. But everything else, he was like trying to optimize for the for the dehydration and everything yeah. else, it's too late. So for those of you that don't know, most of you do know this by now, but Zbiotics is a pre-alcohol probiotic. It's the world's first genetically engineered one, um, and it's a probiotic. It was invented by Zach, a PhD scientist, and ultimately it works um, at the core, like at, at before the problem even starts. And I think that's what's really different about this is when you drink, alcohol gets converted into this toxic by- byproduct in the gut, and it's this byproduct, not the dehydration, that is causing your shitty uh, next day and causing you to feel say the, all say those the name. Say the name. No, you do it. <laughs> Acetaldehyde. There God. you go. I keep um, wanting to say acetaldehyde. <laughs> I'm just never going to get it. Once the thing gets in my brain, it just never gets out. Totally. So drink it before you drink. Um, listen to the episode with Zach. Highly recommend it. He actually did an ad read, like what I just attempted to do, that was so phenomenal top because he pitched top it of the dome, yeah. for seven years, and it was just so good. So highly recommend that episode, um, and maybe send it to a friend as well. That's a good pitch. I don't. I don't think that was worse than mine, but okay, definitely worse than Nick's. <laughs> Is that a compliment? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that was a patented compliment. Everyone has that friend. <laughs> that was that friendly compliment. Yeah, yeah, wasn't a compliment. Well, you haven't lost a step. Man. It was more compliment to Nick. Like since Nick's been gone, and I I've have had to done read that the ad zero times. Yeah, like, and, I'm like, man, Nick's uh, really good. At I barely <laughs> made it here with the traffic. So take what you can get right now. Uh, all <laughs> right, cue the video, Jordan. Let's let's get down. Let's get into, into this. this. Let's get into oh, this. Oh God, we're gonna try to play a video on stream. Yeah, so hopefully you guys can, can hear this. Burst into flames. 
We've got <laughs> Ashley here up on the screen. Um, if you're listening, you'll be able to hear her, but you should watch this. And up, there's no up, audio. God, we already screwed it up. We already screwed it up. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> we need some audio. I believe in multiple chances. After college, and I'm okay, from the top, please. And I'm commuting in the city, and it takes... Jordan, from the forever. top, please. Awesome. <laughs> okay. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first nine-to-five job after college, and I'm in person, and I'm commuting in the city, and it takes me fucking forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now, so that's off the table. Like, fucking duh! If I was able to walk to work, and it would, it'd be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me, like, I leave here, like, I get on the train Let at me know if you guys can hear and I don't this. get home till like, 6.15 earliest, and then, like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower, eat my dinner, and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either. Like, I don't have energy to work out. Like, that's out the window. Like, I'm so upset. Oh, my God. Nothing to do with my job at all, but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy. Being in the office nine to five, like if it was remote, you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine. But like I'm not home. It takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office, like it doesn't you don't get off at five. And I know it could be worse. I know I could be working longer, but like I literally get off, it's pitch black, like I don't have energy. How do you have friends? Like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's why i'm all <laughs> emotional but like am i so dramatic it's fine i feel like she could date a co-worker you know that's one solution <laughs> that's where you want to start with you want to just <laughs> the first thing that stood right out to me it's the first thing that stood out to me you know maybe her office has a gym i have to be honest i don't think any obviously her delivery is very dramatic and she's very upset. She's so upset. So upset. But nothing she said is incorrect. Like, that is exactly the state of affairs today. That's reality today. Wait, is it reality today? Or is this, like, how it's been? No, it's better than ever. Forever. But that is, well, no, it's better than it's ever been. Like, our parents and our grandparents' generations worked their asses off. This generation works a lot less, but that is her reality. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like, it's true. Nothing she said is incorrect. She has right. to commute. Commuting sucks. Commuting is scientifically proven to like fuck people, yeah. like destroys people. Uh, and she doesn't have time to stay healthy. And everything she said is like accurate. I'm like, yeah, I feel I mean, you, girl. truth be told, if she was commuting or not, it still sucks. Like, yeah. The fact that she's commuting is like one of her gripes. Like it sucks either way. Kind of sounded like she was like badly wanting to be able to work from home, and like upset that she couldn't work. Well, from home. you get a couple of extra hours. You get two extra hours, but mm -hmm. it's still like, uh, like we all did corporate experience for a while, and now we we removed ourselves. But like that is a that is a soul sucking environment, which is why we left, right? So I empathize with her. That's it, it's it's hard. It is hard. It's her first job. She's just getting a taste. People have been doing that for a long time. Yeah. I feel for the girl, too. Do you? Like, totally. Do you actually? Actually, like, literally, I do. Are you just trying to be on my team right now? No, no. I mean, she she's obviously having a hard time. And I, I remember getting my first job, my only job. <laughs> uh, and, and I remember feeling super depressed, actually. Like, I felt like my life was 
over. Yeah. And yeah, I was working like 50 hours a week. It wasn't that bad, especially mm-hmm. in the realm of finance. It's like nothing. And I didn't even have that long of a commute. I had like a 10-minute commute. And I still was just like to myself, I go, oh, this is this is my life. I am now on this track and maybe I can move up the ladder and I can get more money. And then hopefully I buy a house in Greenwich someday. And that's like the peak of my... Pretty much. Yeah. Maybe I'll get into polo. Maybe my kid will learn to ride a oh, horse. Polo. And, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, good that's a rich that, <laughs> Dude, that that's is rich people do out there. Made you know? it level. Um, <laughs> yeah. You have to be at least this rich to play yeah. polo. What is the cutoff? Post economics? Like completely post economics? Yeah, I'm not there. So I is don't know. Is there anyone out there that's like still trying to make it? No. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. No. Right? Like once you're buying your daughter horses and Given her, wonder if anyone in the community pretty, can find us a polo player. Anybody I'd out there got a horse for their for their kid? Yeah. Anybody in the chat own a horse? I would love that. Yeah. Um, I feel you though. It's um, it's a real struggle to to yeah. I mean, it's not for everybody. Like you suffered having that corporate job. Um, I think you did too, Eric. Dude, I literally left the country yeah. because I felt like my soul was just getting evaporated from my my aura. I was just like a I was like a empty carcass <laughs> and, going to work for 2 years I did like the cubicle life and I was yeah. like my only my only solution was I got to get the fuck out of here. I moved to Australia. Like I I got so far removed wow. from it. I was like a fucking tour bus driver and worked in a bar in a we hostel. We have similar stories actually. All of us were all like former corporate slaves. Mm. Like I literally quit my job, went to Cuba drank Hemingway daiquiris till I was just like spinning, came up cool with business shit. ideas, and then started writing blogs about how I left Google <laughs> and telling everyone else that they could do the same and documenting my journey of like solopreneurship. I mean, I wanted to get as far away from the corporate world as possible. But that's the thing. It's like Google did such a great job of making me feel good to the extent that they could. Well, Google's the pinnacle of that. Pinnacle, providing food, providing transportation, providing Wi-Fi on the bus, like everything. You're dry cleaning a gym, like so that you don't have her concerns. Right. And that you, and and everyone's like dating each other and all that stuff's taken care of. So it's like kind of a great (laughs) environment. It's like like college, but with like a little more responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You just have KPIs. (laughs) (laughs) College with real KPIs and repercussions. But I don't know. I mean, okay, so what's on the other side of this? Like, Well, did you guys see Jason Calacanis' response? Oh, can we put Jason's tweet on the screen? Because I think Jason took the other side. So he shamed her, right? He shamed her. Like, badly. Wasn't he being a little bit condescending, too? Okay, somebody, was, read, somebody read it out. Okay, so... We have to, we have to read it for the people two, without video. There's two. So the first response he has is, Oh, princess, sad face. I'm so sorry you had to commute and work and have a job and everything it's like so extra that's pretty mean <laughs> pretty, it's mean that's it's definitely mean. mean even if it's right which i'm not sure it is it's mean it's like 100 so, mean so he is right that she is and should be she actually addressed she's like i am grateful kind of she kind of addressed that but he's saying you should be grateful that you get to make a good income go to work have a job you're not broke you're not on the street and oh, you have to commute. I don't like that he's calling her a princess and being condescending like that. That's not very nice. Okay, so he got a lot of vitriol for that. 
Did tweet. He? And then and he then doubled he, down he, with a new yeah, tweet. He dug in on a second tweet. Second tweet says, Gen Z is losing their minds. Now he's now he's taking a different approach here. Losing their minds in their first recession. Not a recession. I've been the community notes. The community notes would agree with you. Oh yeah, you got community noted. <laughs> you got community noted. I've been through three of these as an adult. They suck. They last a couple years, but they make you stronger. Just focus on adding skills and putting in two more hours a day than your hardest working peers, and you'll come out on come out in the top ten percent of your cohort. Or check out and teach yoga slash skiing. Sleep on someone's couch. I'm not kidding. It's an option. So he took a very different approach with the follow-up tweet. It was um, less douchey, but still it was kind more of douchey. Like, here's yeah. my advice for you. Um, yeah. yeah, I think like uh, you know, he he ends it with some like real solutions, right? It's either like lean into this or exit it, yeah. right? And I think that's fair. Okay, so in defense of this girl, she wasn't completely. Like, oh my god, I hate work. I want to die. Yeah. In the beginning of the video, she says something like, and it wouldn't be so bad if the commute wasn't two hours. And that's the part I felt. Because that reminds me of, uh, we've talked about, you remember we talked about Mr. Money Mustache like a long time ago? Oh, yeah. The guy who like hyper Talk about me? saves. Living off. <laughs> oh my god. We he should lives off like 25k a year. Yeah, he basically, he worked in tech or something, right? And then was Saved so 70%. frugal with his money that he basically retired at the age of 28 or something. Yeah, I think his goal is his like money. 70, 75% savings rate. Damn, yeah, and he hard. has like a 24K a year But it's like a retire by 30. Damn, know? that's yeah, hard to he's do. Yeah, he's blog. Super interesting perspective on life, actually, if you check it out. I think it's, I think it's really good to check yourself from all the other the stuff yeah, like I do. Where do your life. rules and stories come from? Yeah, he yeah. makes you look at that very differently like, what, he has all these like hard fast rules and like one of the biggest rules is like don't live far away from where you work mm -hmm. oh, like, that's like a command because then you can take your bicycle it's horrible for your financial you need a car. yeah so for financially it lets you like walk take a bicycle because cars are cars are like most the worst. people cars kill i people. think i could estimate spend about a thousand dollars a month on just their car Oof. right so if you factor the lease price or the car loan price which is probably about $500 a month, insurance, gas, and parking, if you live in a city, you're over $1,000 a month. Damn. Dude, guess how much, it's a huge guess how much my money. car costs me a month? I mean, I'm going to guess I, all in. You mean just your lease or your... Just whole, every, like lease, yeah, insurance, I, I gas. Would guess, I would guess like... Thirteen hundred a month. Thirteen hundred. I drive. I drive. I drive an X three. By the way, yeah. it's a nice car. But I'm gonna it's, guess it's not like a, a it's like not a, a six hundred dollar lease with like three hundred dollars a month in gas and two to three hundred dollars a no, month in insurance. No parking payment. I no spend seventeen hundred dollars a month in this car. Okay, what? Even the lease, the, the insurance, what are you talking about? and the gas. Actual yeah. fuck. You don't even it's go insane. anywhere. I know. I don't even drive. <laughs> you work from home. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think uh, I'm gonna get it. I think I'm gonna get rid of it. How much is your lease? The, it's like, I leased this car at the peak of. You hadn't listened to my episode yet about. How no, I had not. But, yeah. but 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 no, this was during a time when used cars were. Do you remember the, like that expensive. three month period where like oh, yeah. used cars were like more, more than, than a, more than a new car? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was insane. So my lease expired at this exact period. Rates went up. There were no cars available to buy. I went from my last car. You couldn't even pick a color. My right? last car's payment was two hundred and fifty dollars a month. It was like a, it was a three series. I got the. I, you would have been so proud of me getting this car. 
Like I, I, I he pulled knocked it out of the park. So much money on cars. And then I went Jesus. the complete opposite direction. And it, I, I, it, like mentally, it is draining me. I'm just like, this is the worst value ever. Yeah. I could almost just like Uber. I could almost just hire like a private driver at this point. Just, just for like yeah, my, that's I just have to drive I, to pickleball. I try, I was like the first thing I'm gonna cut, which was what that alpha in that episode was about, was just no payments, like just cash only. And then realizing once you actually pay cash for the car, you realize that you don't need as much car as you thought. <laughs> it's a really interesting forcing function because mm -hmm. you just who wants to pay fifty thousand dollars in cash for a vehicle to get from A to B? You just start to realize like I don't. I don't need that. Like, I'll just no, get this, like, car. Like, and what and is that payment mostly? It's, like, mostly a status uh, that's symbol. Like, all it is, dude. Because, like, a lot, of, cars a lot of vehicles can take you from A to B. That's all cars are. Yeah. To get back to our, to our yeah, let's story get back here. To her because, like, yeah. the, like the, what, the one thing I think Mr. Money Mustache would say is, like, why are you commuting two hours, right? Yeah. But she lives in, she works in New York City. She can't afford to live in the city. Yeah. So she probably lives like, like in the Jersey? Bronx in the Bronx or something or Jersey and is Hoboken. Yeah, which a lot, a lot of people do because you can't freaking afford to live in New York. I, I you could get like four roommates in a It's a good time. With like one of those apartments Armin with like and three I beds were uh, roommates no at one point yeah, in we life. Did that. Yeah. That is a good time. Yeah. I mean, I slept on a sofa. I did what Jay Cal said. Right. Well, I wasn't doing nothing, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like there, there's benefit to being in New York, right? Like totally. you wouldn't want to do. I would just get a marketing job in like Des Moines. And so what about the other side of this? Like, I mean, do you guys agree that, like, like on on the on the one hand, like she is correct and she's speaking about certain facts that are reality about work life balance today, and yet at the same time, she's incredibly privileged or. Uh, privilege is a loaded term these days, but she's fortunate to have this position, right? But don't do you agree that like work and life is easier than ever before, and that every previous generation is looking at that girl <clears throat> and actually thinking what J. Cal said, which is, "Oh, princess, you have to work so hard to make your hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year salary." You know, I actually like, think that's like a pretty advanced response. I think like, um, so I ran this video by my wife. Mina, uh, yesterday, and her immediate response was like, "Bitch, toughen up!" Like, because I think we're all in America, like, programmed to just grind. Like, everybody is just programmed, and and you know that this is what you have to do to make it, and you just fucking do it. But then you like, you can like look around to other cultures and stuff, and like they they have like a a more moderate balance, you know. And I think. Yeah, like if we were in Italy right now, work is like fifth on the list. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like in, in some cultures, you take a nap in the middle of the day every day and stuff. Many like, of them. Yeah. And like, we don't do that here. But like, I think we have this culture ingrained in us just because we've all been through the ringer where it's like, fuck, shut up, grind. But do you, there's there's the culture of America, but there's the culture of this generation. Those are two different things, don't you Ooh. think? So like this generation has also been this raised. This generation is, is saying, I can't and I've had enough like and what I a give stupid up. stupid way and, to live kind right, of. Right. And I don't want to do this and yeah. I have no chance. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to buy a house. I'm never going to be able to, to save enough money to become a millionaire. Like they feel well, totally screwed. Fuck. I mean, imagine you're paying rent in 
even in New Jersey, wherever she's at, with a $1,700 a month car payment on top of everything else, like, how could you possibly save any money? You can't. So you she's can't working her ass off just system. to break even. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's like life, the society, like the society has taught us that like you go to the best university you can, you get the best job you can. That job generally will pay you more than other jobs, but will be placed in a city. That city will have extremely expensive uh, baseline living expenses. By the way, we won. San Diego. San Diego. Oh, yeah, dude, we did it. We won. We did it. We did it. Was like, we, we won. Confetti. <laughs> confetti. We did it. So for those that don't know, U.S. News and Reports or whatever it's called, number one most expensive city in America, San Diego, California, above New York City, San Francisco, Honolulu, L.A., the whole thing. We won. God damn. Dude, I'm going to drink to that. <laughs> I need a refill, too. But, like, this doesn't feel as expensive as... San Francisco did when we were living there, you know, 10 years ago. I, I, I don't know. Can you break that down a little more? I don't know. It just doesn't feel as expensive. Like, San Are Diego, you sure it's not what I was saying to you offline, that it's just because you were poor then? Yeah, I just got richer. You just, I just made have it. a little bit more disposable income than you used to? Perhaps. I'm just saying, yeah. My, my only... Uh, all I'm talking about is my feeling. My feeling is yeah. it just feels... I feel the opposite. I, I felt... I had much more disposable income at that time, and I feel like money flies out of my bank account here. And I've been saying this for the last year, year and a half, so it's really interesting that we ended up being the most expensive city. Dude, it I, totally, filled I totally up, feel I it. I filled up my tank today at the, the gas station I went to. It was six seventy five a gallon. Yeah, that's about... Yeah, that's six seventy five. Yeah. Dude, get the Costco membership. That's Worth it just for the nuts. gas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to spend 120 bucks to fill up your tank and you got to, you know, electricity is way up. Rent is way up. Mortgages way up like real estate. I mean, in general, way up. So um, the biggest driver, if I'm not mistaken, was was real estate in the rental market. But what was interesting about the report was quality of life was high here. So for me, get what you pay for. Yeah, man. It's the weather tax, you know, Um but I will say it sucks here, so and it's very expensive. So don't move here. Um, <laughs> yeah, keep our no, roads. No, please open. move here. Drive, drive my home value up. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know which one's better. Okay, well, this is an interesting question with regards to th this girl's like living in New York, right? Right. And she's first of all, I think she needs to get a little better at time management. She's like, <laughs> how can I do anything? Getting home at six p.m. Her whole thing is woe is me, right? Yeah. She, I think the reason she got shit for it is she's being a victim. So my question back, like what I was saying earlier is like, yes, Eric, this American spirit of like, go get it and make it because you can is real. But that is starting to get replaced by a new uh, sort of generational ethos of uh, no, thank you. Like, yeah, because I, I don't even think I can make it. Right. Like, yeah. why try? Right. And woe is me. I'm a victim. The system is too big and too corrupt and too fragmented for me to ever make it. And and to argue for her point, yeah, it's like she's climbing that ladder. She's doing the best she can. She gets the best job she can. She goes, lives in a city, has no savings every month. So can this person, this archetype of this person, actually make it in America? Remember when we talked about that episode where we were like, how to basically get 
rich and that you can't do that by just like having this like 5% savings every month and thinking I'm going to put it in the stock market and make it like, how does she ever make it to where she can buy a house? Okay. So I, I want to talk about this actually, because I, I feel like there's this huge hang up people have like the main hang up amongst the, the zoomers and the millennials is they look at home prices and they're, they're just like, there's, there's absolutely no way. Like, are you are you kidding me? Like the house I bought, I just checked what the mortgage payment would be today if I were to buy it, and I was like, "Suckers!" <laughs> it's like two like x what I what I paid for it. Like three like three years ago, the mortgage payment is like double. I can never afford it. Is that never mostly because of the interest. Yeah, it's yeah. entirely because of the interest. But it was already bad before that. Like before that happened, people were already like, "I I can't buy a house." What? But people have this mindset that you get rich buying real estate. And I think it's a terrible mindset. Like it's, it's, an, it's an awful mindset. I think the main reason people get rich buying real estate is because they lived, A, they lived during a time where the government basically pumped real estate for you. And B, it just turns you into a leveraged forced hodler of like financial assets. Whereas without that, people are A, not using leverage, and B, they're often not investing at all. Like the, the amount of basically 40-year-olds I know who have come to me, been like, oh, what should I do with my money? And they have like $50,000 sitting in a savings account. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> so you're saying that like the, uh, the mortgage payment is like a forced savings mechanism. A lot of it at, at the early stages goes to your interest payment, but then over time it's it's more principal and that's like a forced savings. It's it's almost like a an IRA contribution. Yeah, it like gets people to invest in any sort of asset and it does give them leverage. And it, it is kind of crazy if you think about what real estate basically is, right? You're basically saying like, okay, the key to wealth is to put all of your net worth in this four or five X levered, financial asset that's basically kind of like an interest rate bet at its core and as long as the interest rates go down 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 like they have for but massively decades, concentrated risk too you have like you have one asset that that is exposed to idiosyncratic risk yeah. like that that is not something that you'd normally like espouse in uh in like a investment plan mm -hmm. and i think this is completely stupid i yeah. i i i'm very like when people are like, should I, should I, I have like, uh, I've got like $200,000. Should I put all of it towards a down payment on the house? I'm like, oh, like, I think that's a terrible idea. I think if you could invest that money properly across a diversified basket of assets that are like very high in the risk spectrum, because if you're like 24 and you're making money, I think you'd, it, it should be like a crime to buy bonds, basically. Mm -hmm. Like it's just absolutely criminal. You're, you're shooting yourself in the, not even the foot, you're just shooting yourself in the face. Um, but everyone's making money on their real estate, just like you said. Uh, you know. For now, and like the, people think real estate's amazing because it has done so well for the last 20, 30, 40, it's, it's done well for like people's entire lifetimes, right? But there's been multi-decade periods, 20, 30, 40 years where stocks have done nothing. Right. Right? And there's been periods where Bonds, like bonds were horrible to own basically from the 40s through the 70s, right? But then, and then they become like, act, they, they crushed. For, well, like on a real return basis over a long term period, stocks crush real estate. If you, if you like level the playing field, you're, you're talking about like a 5x levered investment. Um, 
like if you were five x lever the S and P over like a forty year period, you'd be a millionaire even if you started with fucking thousand dollars, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if if these if these uh, zoomers and such would just take if they would just save a little bit more money. So the the idea of like saving money and not getting that Starbucks coffee that brings you a bunch of joy and putting it in bonds or like the S and P and you make eight percent like I kind of get why people don't want to do that, but if you're putting it all into like high beta tech and and like Bitcoin and stuff that's like really like aggressive type of stuff that might go up like fifteen percent a year. Per annum, right? And you do that for a couple of days, you're going to do really well and you're going to crush the person who put all their money in a house, in so my opinion. I don't my, think it's that hard. My hopeless. challenge with that is like, in defense of the argument, I, I, I don't see how most people working in tech in large cities can save enough. Like, they are victims in a sense, in ways that they. Like, you really have to become conscious of every rule that you're following that you didn't intend to follow in order to break out of the system and save enough money and live a slightly different life that you can actually accumulate wealth. Because if you follow the framework that everyone tells you is what success will lead to, you're going to get your Starbucks every day. You're going to live in the best part of town, spend the most amount of money on rent, drive a decently nice car, go out to get drinks and food, and you're living in like San Francisco, New York, Miami, LA, San Diego, whatever it might be, you're never going to be able to set enough money aside. They're going to out get every there. night with their every friends night. and like that's just sort of the lifestyle. She's probably like 21 years old. And these are the most productive people, well, that's not a fair statement. These are very productive <laughs> people. These are these are the young drivers of our society though, of our economy. That girl doesn't scream say. productivity to me. I, I, I don't know. Like like I mean the, the new generation is like where and like that that's that is what regardless of how we feel about it that's our future like that is yeah. that's it like these are the people that are going to drive innovation and production in the country and of course people listening in other countries it's the same deal the younger generation is is who you have to listen to so if this generation is saying like i don't think it's worth it for me and by the way is that really the general like is that really it i don't know i don't hang out with enough zoomers to know if that's actual but like I would suggest that she's probably on the right track to building wealth. So like she's already, you know, in a career and like she has an income that seems reasonable. Like she she can make it even like it would take a lifestyle adjustment. I just think that's the biggest part. You have to adjust your lifestyle and live below your means. Yeah. You have to. Like if you're never going to get like out of the rat race if you don't. People who make it do hard things, and like that's hard. To but like, in order to do that, you have to be willing to be unpopular. Yeah, that is so goddamn hard for people. And the reality is, it's not that you're gonna be unpopular. That's just how it feels to you. But the the, the cool thing is that by living that unconventional lifestyle, being slightly different, and not doing what everyone else does. Of course, guess what happens? Everyone admires. They admire that shit. Yeah, you're the cool person. You're the popular person. You're the one that should probably have the blog and the TikTok telling people how you do it. But we all follow and keep up with the Joneses, and that's the big problem. Why nobody is feeling like they're getting wealthier in this generation? I think it's really tempting to call the the Zoomers like lazy. 
That seems to be like the big boomer trope. You're like, oh, when I was your age, I walked uphill both ways in the snow and I worked at a every generation has probably done that, right? And my 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 dad's grand uncle lost eight fingers in like in the industrial revolution, and it's like, yeah, that's true, right? And and of course it's true that that girl's life, like somebody a thousand years ago, may have killed for her life right yeah but i don't i don't think it's necessarily true that like a woman in 1950 would kill for her life to be honest okay i like this keep going i, I don't yeah, think it's true that and i don't think this is just a this woman the thing, start right? of a hot take yeah like i, I think it's very <laughs> i don't think it's the case that like the the man in 1964 who worked at the the gm factory and bought a house with one year of salary and by himself took care of an entire family and he went to work and came home and is able to have his like wife stay home. Wait, that actually take sounds care of like all the, the dream. Like, I I don't know if it's a given that these people would like look at us because this is like a really popular. This is like especially a very popular conservative trope, right? Like you hear yeah. this a lot from like the the Ben Shapiro's of the world, where like people are poor and they're riding, and he's like, "But you've got look at all these. You got all these flat screen TVs and." I can do a better Ben Shapiro. Well, I was wondering if that was your Ben Shapiro. <laughs> the fact, the fact yeah. is that you got three, yeah. you got three flat screen TVs, you got little four cars dweebier. in the driveway. Ain't it? A little more dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> He's great. I mean, I don't know. But like, people can buy more stuff now. It's true. But also, is their life better? I don't. I don't yeah. know that that's necessarily the case. And I, I especially feel for this girl because. Um, so like sixty, I was actually having this conversation with a friend of mine a few days ago, who shall remain nameless. And she she's makes a lot of money, does really really well in the corporate world. But like she she said to me, like ah, it's like a part of me like really wants to just be like a stay at home wife now, and just like have. And she's like, actually, I actually hate that. Like I have to work. Like I have to work, or we can't afford the place we live in. And like they're they're in. She's like, I feel bad about this, but there's actually a part of me that like just wants Did to. Did she say the deeper why? And if she didn't, what's your guess about why a woman like that actually desires that? Look, I I think the truth is that although it's great that women have a lot of choice in today's world, right? Women are not exactly like men. And to succeed in the corporate world, not to just go that, in, that is, clock in, that is and an clock extremely out. controversial thing to say. Yeah, I can't wait to see where this goes. <laughs> no, no, I'm just stating it that in 2023 it is extremely controversial to say that men and women are not the same. Right, but we're not. And like, if you pull like a hundred random men, you are going to get more men in that sample size who are willing to be cutthroat and grind. And climb the corporate ladder and do all this stuff to get money and succeed. Yeah, like why on a, on a, on a big five spectrum psychological level analysis, that's just called agreeableness. Yeah. Men are much less agreeable. Like they're with, much less, they're much more willing to combat, to fight, to get what they want. Yeah, like, when you see the girl in that video, are you like, this is a girl who's just she's climbing the corporate ladder. She's gonna shank everybody on her way no, to be the CEO she wants of Mattel harmony. Or which is a beautiful, she's trying to live her life. Beautiful thing, by the way. And she's living in a world that was constructed around the idea that, oh well, you, yeah, you gotta get a, you gotta get a job, and you gotta that that, that disagreeable hours, yes, 
of your week to this marketing position, which is that in reality, you're never going to see through to the end because a part of you like actually probably does ultimately want to get married and have a family. Like you, like most of these women, like in these videos who post these, like, Oh my God, they don't, they're, the reason they're posting those videos is because they're sort of disenchanted with the whole idea of the modern workplace. Anyway, they don't want to climb the corporate ladder. They don't want to like play the game and be in the arena and like go. That's like a thing that is mostly a male thing, but right? Can I, not, it's not an entirely male thing. There's tons of women who want to do that, and that's totally cool. But if you play this out across society, across millions of people, I'm not. It, it feels imbalanced. It feels like it feels like women are actually kind of getting a raw. Like a lot of women are getting a raw deal on this because they can't go back to that other life that they used to oh, be able to man. do. Okay, what do you, I want to <clears throat> hear this? Well, I think like I mean, you touched on a lot of things there. I, I think I want to like touch on this like gender. Um, you know, who's more capable of like being in the workplace today? You know, we have like millennia of evolution on how we we've like become who we are right and like it's only recently where like women are now doing the same things that men do or whatever but like i don't think that the workplace today resembles anything like what you're describing which is like combat or it's like literally you go into a fucking like a plush office desk and you sit there for like eight hours i think like both genders are equally equipped to do this that disagree no i totally disagree Disagree. if you want to just if you want to just exist right and make enough money to buy groceries and not go anywhere in your life. Yeah, you can go into a workplace, clock in and clock out, but you'll never get anywhere. You'll there are never very make few a lot of that money. I think you can get away with that. Like even, even, Arma- even Armand's like, Armand used to work at Google. Anybody can't work at Google. That's like the top. I agree, the, but the like top tier. Let's just use questions. that as an example because I think there are women who are thriving at Google even today. Like, but dude, and, and those way women more, are playing chess. To a level that I think is what is required. Like, I don't think you can just show up and have a harmonious environment. Like, the the feeling of the environment that they crave for you oftentimes is harmonious and about, like, an equal playing field and at least having equal opportunity to ascend the ladder. But at the end of the day, the game is to be better than your peers, but that game today is not combat. It's being intellectually better. It's like performing better. It's like doing work better. It, it's like it is. It is I look at it. I think I look at it as pretty conflict oriented. I think that in order to be better than your peers, you're playing chess and you're in combat. Like, of course, you want to collaborate with your team. Like, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, like to get up there, to get that role, like it's house of cards. It's a game and you you have to do everything at your disposal, <laughs> ideally things that aren't illegal and you're not killing anybody and you're not going that far like the, the, the show. But like you're doing the things that are necessary. And that's where I think, to Stephen's point, where I agree with you, men are more likely to thrive and women are more likely to suffer. And I don't think it's fair to them. I actually agree with that point. I don't think it's fair to them. I think that they're playing a game that was designed for men. So can I ask a question? Play. I, I think that that's a very reasonable statement. Like so, like a lot of women pushed for this, and the, and there are, I know a lot of women in my life today who are like, "Why the fuck did we push for that?" Like I would much rather just stay at home, 
like for me like people talk to me like that that's a good question why they pushed for it i think they pushed for it because this is the for lack of a better word the patriarchy that exists the patriarchy that exists is it's our game these are our rules we're conflict and combat oriented it's about ascending the ladder it's it's the art of war it's about getting to the top getting the money right? Get the money, get the power. That's what we've always been about. And when it wasn't about work and we were in tribes, it was get the money, get the power, right? So they're like, well, we can't recreate the game, but can we at least have a seat right. at the fucking game? And so then they said, can we play the game with you? Because they weren't even allowed to work. Right. They so, weren't even allowed to have jobs. So this is what I'm talking about. I think this is like, um, I guess I'm wondering where it got completely disconnected because like they, women, um, fought for the the optionality, right? They wanted Correct. to have the option to play the game or to continue staying home. And it seems like now the culture is just like, fuck it, you want to play? Now, you, now you're expected to play just like us. On the one hand, yes. But on the other hand, what's happening and is very revealing is that women, and again, we're being very micro in our examples here and very anecdotal, but using the anecdote that we started yeah, this episode We're, we're obviously with, speaking in generalities yeah there's obviously yeah. a lot of people who don't we're, tons we're, we're that don't fall into these base. frameworks yeah, and sure. things that we're talking about but to, to speak to this cohort of people what's interesting i think that psychologically when somebody like that is posting a video like that first of all they could just be doing it for clicks many reasons you could post a video like that sure but on the other hand when you're having a psychological breakdown like that it felt, you're a, crying, it felt authentic it felt authentic right yeah. she's crying on camera and putting it on the internet, which, plea which for is, help, which is much more normal for the yeah. Zoomers than you. Like it's not something I yeah, would ever. I'm do. not going to do that. Like if I did that, I would have people <laughs> at my doorstep in 15 minutes. Like, are, are you? Are you okay? <laughs> no, it's totally normal to do that now. But what I'm saying is that her doing that is very revealing about the nature of her position in the game. You don't see a lot of the opposite happening and the opposite gender happening, right? And 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 arguably, there are many men that feel that way. They just also are not, you know, there was a comedian that said it was illegal for men to talk about their emotions until like 2012. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you weren't allowed as a man get to called even names. discuss yeah. emotions and how you feel about something until 2012. So I find it very revealing, and I think that that should be looked at closely. And to go, you know, to your, to your point, that hot take got hotter and hotter and hotter. And and I, I don't know. I, I agree. So I, let me ask, I agree. Let, I, I want to, I guess, like ask again. Like, so women fought for the optionality to join the game that you're describing. This like combative, competitive game, and and they have achieved that. Now they can play, and a lot I, of and a lot of them are thriving. Does the option still exist to live that uh, conservative sort of like old style life? Because I I kind of feel like that might be making a resurgence too, even like uh, even now. We haven't talked about Carnivore and Aurelius in a while. No, we haven't. Yeah, he used yeah. to be a or she used to be a mainstay on this show. I mean, like that's his his or she his or hers like that's what he's resurrecting right Wait, carnivore aurelius is a a they or well no steven is insinuating that we don't know whether it's a man or a woman oh they're anon well we don't they're know anon, yeah it's yes. anon. okay so you did oh it is a guy uh, can right. we get him on the we've, pod jordan we've definitively uh can we make that happen can we do that by next wednesday so i would love to make that happen um that 
I think that's what that is. Is there a real that that resurgence? Is there of a that, real resurgence of the 1950s the movement? Yeah, polarity and uh, function of what a relationship and roles should look like. Is yeah. that a real okay. thing? Yes. Before you go there, I want to go back to something Eric said that I think is super important. Go the back. Word, go forward. Go sideways. Said, I don't care where are you the go. The word he said that was important <laughs> was optionality. Yeah. It was. It was really shitty. That in the 50s, there was no optionality. This was just the thing you had, right? Because that created this like massive power discrepancy. And like you could see how a lot of women got locked into a life and they just they were just absorbed into this Which man's is life. Why and, we're here. Right, right. And, we're here because that wasn't fair. That was obviously not good, right? So optionality is great. But when optionality crosses the chasm and becomes like mandatory, like it's weird now if you are a, a, like a woman who graduates from college and moves to New York, and you're like, "I want to be a wife immediately." Like, like, like you would, people would that would you would turn heads like, with well, that. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, are you? And in the fifties, that would just be the, that was just, the that norm. Was, that was just the normal, only option. Right? Yeah. So we've gone completely the other way. And we've talked about this a little bit. How there is this like uh, trad wife movement amongst the Zoomers on TikTok now, which I think is interesting. And I, I like the Zoomers because a lot of people are. Oh, they're lazy, but but I think they're they're looking at the world, and right. And yes, it's true that people used to like work in fields and kids worked in factories and all this terrible stuff. But they're also looking at the world that exists and they're like, okay, on a comparison basis, sure, it's better now. But like the peak capacity of the world, the capabilities we have, the technology, like wh why? Why should we accept that? Are you saying the Zoomers are kind of like alfalfa-ish? They're like uh, looking at the, the world objectively and thinking about it? They, they see the world for what it could be and, and, and asking why. And, That's and what like, every generation does. As most younger generations do. And it's super important because it pushes things forward. Like, like Jason's... That's Tweet the beautiful comment. thing about every new generation is looks at the world as malleable and that with our innovation, we can recreate the rules. You guys remember yourselves in college? Like, that's what that no, I was. was. Blacked out. I don't remember. <laughs> but when you were conscious, like, that was the part that you were most like, do you remember that feeling? Like, there was a real feeling of, like, I can help be a part of what creates a new world. Do you still feel that? I feel it in a different way. I feel it in the sense that when you're in college, you feel like just having the idea. Like any is idea enough, is good. And yeah. that all you have to do is join forces with your fellow right. generation. And together, as a generation, you'll change everything. Yeah. No. The way you change things is you build things and then you get a seat at the table. So I'm doing that in my way, like tangibly now, but through a different through a different vehicle. But every young generation feels that way for mm. sure. And they're like, there's a huge dopamine rush as well. well in there's that, like the in crypto movement, like this yeah. is all kind of like in line with that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So like like Jason's comments to this girl, right? they reveal to you the sort of preconceived notion of the world as he believes it to be and the rules that she should live by, right? He's like, oh, it's a recession. Now's a great time to develop your skills. Why would you develop your skills? So you can move up the corporate ladder because right, that's right, what right, you do. Right, you right. move up the corporate ladder, yeah. you acquire more resources, you acquire more He's power. He's projecting. But, but, but why? Why should that be what this like, young girl man advice. has to do? Like, yeah. It should be fine if she doesn't want to do that, it should be fine. Like she can bring tons of, like women have so much value they bring to the world. 
aside from like their corporate ladder abilities, right? They can do things that men can't do. And it's not fair that like, you know, Jason, the VC tries to put them in the, the corporate ladder box. And if they don't like play in that box, he sort of poo poos them and, and disparages them. That's, that's, that's like silly. It's like a very myopic view of the world. I so think. can I ask you like, what are her outs now? Because I, I saw another, another comment below that was like, well, here's what you can do. Here are your outs. Like you can start your own thing, start your own business. You can exit the corporate world, start your own business, or you can exit everything. You can like start a farm, like go live in the woods and like raise your own food and like completely exit. But in both of those cases, that's a lot more time and effort than just working, um, which, <laughs> yeah. which I think is true. I think that's actually all true. But am I also being myopic in my view where I'm like, well, I'm, I'm actually, my perception is limited by the boundaries that, you know, we were raised wait, in. Wait, no, that's a good point, right? Because you, you could think of it as like life is work. Like, remove the corporate thing. Imagine the whole everything's right. gone, and this girl is just Marcus in the woods. Aurelius. Because I'm reading the book again right now. Nice. That's what he talks about. Like, like life is work. Yes, you need to life work. is work. Like that was two thousand years ago. Like that was a long time yeah. ago. You can opt out of the system. You cannot go to New York. You cannot get a job. You can move to the woods and opt out of society. But like. You gotta build shelter, dude. That's hard. You gotta as learn fuck. how to hunt. No, that's, that's gotta, way harder you than just fish. That's way gotta, harder than a two-hour commute. This? That sounds like a full-time job. No, like, it's you, way you harder. You can't go to the, like so. <laughs> it is kind of funny because no matter what you do, work is involved. I, I guess unless you're sort of like some Orange County trophy wife or something, and maybe that that's like the that's like the gold standard where you don't have to do any work. But like for most other humans on Earth, I've always loved work, and I feel is, like work like you have to work. Work creates meaning. Work is a part of the framework of how to have some meaning in this mm. life. Yes, work isn't bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. In, not in bad. most doses. Sounds like Ted Kaczynski, to be honest. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I, I mean, know. like Kaczynski had some good points. The the bombs <laughs> were not good points. Those are bad. Those are bad, just to be clear. Not not pro bomb. But 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 some of the ideas and the observations I mean, about his, civilization like, his, were, like his were, were point accurate. was that like everything has gotten so easy like you want to get food you just literally go down to the grocery store you've you've like lost the the meaning like the 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 hardship the purpose of like how how meaningful everything actually is it were to the point where you're just like oh mm. everything kind of just I do think comes that we will soon within the next uh years that I can count on like two hands um like be working less like be working less than five days a week and 40 hours like i i actually think there will be a a, a foundational law change of the required hours like as a nation to a four-day mm. potential work week and an ai will be the the, the main Ooh. driver of of that oh man well i um, if your productivity if you're, will get to a point that will not require yeah productivity goes through the roof i agree with that yeah. and and my presumption if you like go far enough out it's like it it becomes to a place where people don't really have to work at all it, it's like a ubi system I don't, yeah that's a good question i would love to know like if i had my oracle like Will it actually get to a point where people don't have to work at all? Um, I personally am not in that camp. Yeah. Um, well, I, th I think there are 
there are the achiever types that want to continue working, but I think a lot of oh, people... Oh, where it'll be an option? Yeah, people can. Yeah, again, optionality, right? Opt out and get sort of like the bare minimum provided. Well, I, I actually, I, I wanted to make sure we like close that 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 point. So like, what do you guys think about that movement of like the trad wife mm. and the trad life movement? Like, you know, is that is that, yeah, like what do we do with that? Is that a real thing? Is that worthy of like bringing into the next generation? Is it, does it resolve some of the grievances of like our young lady here? I don't know her name, but like, mm. yeah. What, what do you, what do you think about that? Just I to think, close that loop. I think trad, generally speaking, is, is good. And one of the reasons like conservatives want to conserve things is because the things they want to conserve generally have Lindy. Like some of these things have been around for, thousands of years is that what it comes down to thousands of years right so we live in this world where we've mm. invented this new society that has existed for four decades 40 years out of five ten twenty i don't know how far back you want to call humans humans but it's been thousands of years so 40 years out of thousands of years for all of those years up until the last few decades right there was this element of like the male female divide. There was this idea of like men as like hunters gather like women as like nurture, like that sort of paradigm has existed forever. Right. So for us to think we can just completely throw it out mm -hmm. and everything will be fine. And we're just going to rewrite all the rules and everything will be happy. That's, that's obviously silly. There's obviously some wisdom is, in there that is, we need to keep is the anarchistic nature of like people today related to the fourth turning sort of times or is that always a thing that exists with every new generation like mm. i feel it more you feel it more now. now yeah well the principles of the four that we, we've talked about the turnings a lot many times but the, the principles of the turnings is that every generation isn't the same mm -hmm. like the there, there are a, a few generations i've maybe four Maybe that go through the, <laughs> Fourth, the, the turnings and the, and the fourth turning each is, of those is the generations most traumatic are different. Like there is a, like in the sixties, I forgot the names of all the generations, right? There's like the awakening and the, the yeah. upheaval. I don't know. But, but like there is a generation after like the good times where they're just like, they kind of go off the rails a little bit. Everything's too perfect. And right. then they sort of rebel. That was like the sixties because mm -hmm. the, the, the world war two was like, hell, we rebuilt the world. And then the 50s was like sort of like the utopia, like, oh, we've rebuilt the institutions, everything's amazing. And then all these kids came out of it. And in the 60s and 70s, it's they were like, ah, they rebelled, they did a bunch of drugs, they questioned like the machine, yeah. all this stuff, right? And then we got to the 90s, and I remember the 90s sort of era was one of like, tech is booming. Euphoria, money's, man. It's like euphoria. People are, it, it was like the roaring, it's kind of like the roaring 20s yeah. where people are what blind. What a time to be alive. People are blind and to the problems of the world because everything is sort of good yeah. and they're not thinking about Internet it. Internet porn everywhere. <laughs> yeah. No, like, but seriously. Not easily accessible either. You had to earn it, you know? Black boxes. So here's what I'm thinking Any with black the, boxes out there. With the gender <laughs> thing, like what I, what I see now, and I don't actually know the answer to your question, but what I see now is like, you have these um, these silos, these gender silos where they're like, well, women can work now and men can um, do their laundry and do the dishes and they can take care of themselves and women can take care of themselves. So nobody needs each other anymore. Mm -hmm. Everybody's independent. I don't need you. Fine. Cool. But like society needs 
men and women to need each other. Like Beautiful we point. have to fuck. Beautiful we have point. to make babies. And if nobody's needing each other, that's a problem. One oh man, it's a math problem. That's that's like we not just, that's we just die. We just go to zero. At well, point. that's a math that's problem. Math. That's the most important part of the problem. But the other part of the problem that exists is like without that like integration and codependence and in like just like that 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 right there is why it's like men and women at all exist yes, in the first like place for there that. is a symbiotic like, relationship yeah. between them that has always existed and society and i would argue postmodernism has like created this belief that there is no need for the other that we all individually with this identity that we can create for ourselves have enough and are enough and we can even take it to the most extreme levels where we can be celibate and alone and choose to be and 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 be fine is the belief actually there's not a belief that they're fine it's just a it's a choice that ultimately that's the lifestyle that they're going to live and that is like dysfunctional and i see it's just dysfunctional like, i see that rising like right like, it is rising what do they what do they call these incels or yeah, incels yeah migtows yeah, and stuff that. yeah on that oh, that's, a, that's a yes huge Men going problem their own way. Men going no because because yeah. no what you're hitting on eric is so interesting it's like in the move toward empowerment of the self and wholeness of the self which is awesome hey you don't necessarily need other people to be happy Oh, cool. Interesting. Beautiful idea. Wonderful. I don't need a counterparty. I don't need a significant other to be happy. Yes, to a certain degree, true. But you need another person in order to be whole in the sense that like, everything that you think you can accomplish as an individual, there is a limit to that. With another human being, you are more powerful. You are more able to access new areas of life that you were not able to access before. And you can rely. It's okay and healthy to rely on another person. It doesn't mean that they have to have this like very specific chore that you won't touch. It just means that that integration is beautiful and healthy. Yeah, but with those with those chores being predefined, it does make it easier to integrate, right? Like now it's getting harder it because like it's like people well, don't know their roles. Yeah, who how do I help you if you're like good at this and this and I'm I think that's you know? okay though. We can figure things out as long as we don't give up on integrating. Yeah. Like if we just stop the desire and need to have a significant other at all in the first place, then that's the end of the species. That's just like some crazy modern idea that will literally eradicate the entire world. So, yeah, that's that's not going to work. Mm. <laughs> well, this is like an idea of the feminist movement, right? They're like, oh, we have birth sure. control now. We have all these we things. We don't need them. We have, these lit we have all these things. We don't need men anymore. Right. Right? And then men have all these things. that Like, like men and women sort of evolved. They've made each other whole in a way they filled each other's gaps and they like they kind of combined and they propagated the species and they allowed one another to thrive right and then as society evolved society and to an extent government you know in ways which i would argue are mostly not good started actually like filling in some of those gaps right so in the in the mind of the the female right one of the problems with being a woman is that you are generally smaller and less powerful than men Right. And in the wild, your only choice is to really like get under the wing of like a big, strong man and have him protect you. But as humanity evolved, we're like, well, we don't need that. That's a bit of an arcane idea. We can build societal structures and governments. We can institute these protections and in law. Right. Mm -hmm. And as we've done this, like the the sort of uh, physical 
premium for being a man versus woman has continued to go down and it's down been discounted. and down yeah. and down. Is that why we're getting more shrivelly? <laughs> no, I, I, kind of, yeah, well, I think like so. The no male value, the male yeah. value has if you been look declining at, like the for average a long time. male body and everything. It's and testosterone levels. <laughs> well, that's Joe, Joe Rogan was talking about this on the last. Like, I think it was on the last Elon podcast. He's like, "Why are these fucking aliens so shriveled and small? Because they're in their just... modern evolved societies, <laughs> the brain is all that matters. It didn't matter if they have biceps. This brain, it's all intellect." And I was like, "Yeah, it's kind of it's actually like a lot of truth in that." I still as you think become... human size is on upward trajectory. I feel like people are like you look at, you know, skeletons that are dug up they're like tiny little skeletons like we're we're bigger than we used that's to be. a nutrition thing yeah that for sure but i think there's some nuance there like, it's like, oh, a, it's like a more is recent possible development of it's like a new trajectory shrinkage. maybe going downward yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like do you think do you think women place a greater or less premium on physical prowess today versus like 300 years ago less less of course but still that premium is high like i I think I was I was having this conversation with my dad. He's like, he's like, you know, if if you want to be a male, you want to procreate. It's it's so beneficial to be smart. I'm like, just be big. Like, still, <laughs> still, just be big. Yeah, but like in the tribal days, like you couldn't be like, oh, I'm an artist, because like Grog would just like stab a spear <laughs> through your head. Yeah. You'd just be dead. Like, nobody cared if you were an artist. No, nobody premium, cared if you played the ukulele. The premium. It was just is about being down. like big and strong. But as society evolves and like being big brain. And being creative and all these things matter more and more and more. The species changes because, like, women's decision change, and then men change as a result of that because we still do want the women on like a very visceral level. So yeah, but even like plays out. before you get into selection, like you look at um, sort of like actual results. Like smart people aren't procreating, like because they're like getting too in their head about. It. They're like, oh no, I'm gonna wait, yeah. I'm gonna wait, and I'm gonna be financially the best ready. Parents and- don't become parents. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. It's but like, I feel like that's like that's like middle curve. I feel like, but the, that's happening. It is happening, but I feel like the like the I feel like the carnivore Aurelius thing is like the gigabrain thing, mm-hmm, right? Where mm-hmm, you kind mm-hmm. of come full circle in a way, and you're like, oh wait, actually, all these things everybody used to do are great because we talk about the Lindy, and there's like actually this deeper meaning thing to them. Ah, uh, you know, yeah. It's like I think it's it's it, we talked about this in another. Is that why episode. I want four kids? Yes, because you're big brain. Oh, huge brain, <laughs> yeah. big brain, big brain, big brain. Uh, that Thank was, you, that was Stephen. Not any particular Thank you, impression. Stephen. Is that why <laughs> you're being is racist. that why you're questionable right of having any? Oh. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, Move, I, uh, brain. No, no. I think it's super logical to have to have kids. Actually. I think so. And I we we we've, we've talked about it before how we hate this idea that oh we have to save Earth by at least too many humans like that's like to me is like the worst idea ever. I wish that I, every I time we idea. mentioned one of these things that we've talked about before there was this like overlay where like episode one thirty seven. Yeah, we actually did. We actually did a we did a whole, we did a whole episode like a link to it just on that one topic. Like I know it was a great episode. Well, that's when we used to do three episodes in that a day. That was very exhausting. That's when we were that was very pushing, exhausting. man. Oh, pushing, pumping. Well, now we have multiple shows. That's pretty cool. We do have multiple Dude, shows. Dude, you, uh, some... you missed our show. Oh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but we did, a, did. a two-hour finance-only show. I did. I might have... You, you know, might have tuned out early. Tuned in and out. No, I might <laughs> have tuned like in and seconds out. And added like, a background, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. There's an audience. There's <laughs> yeah. definitely a cohort There's of our audience. There's definitely an audience. A cohort of our audience likes that. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. 
A lot of people like the lines. Should, I mean, should we talk about that a little bit right now? Okay, that is what I wanted to, let's, to, let's, to, I, to I, cause hit. I, wanna... I wanted to hit, like, what's the financial play here? Like, what is the mm. portfolio management play here? Like, yeah. like let's, How let's can dig you make into it? that. Yeah, how do you make it? How do you make it as a Gen Y, Gen Z, you know? So I was thinking about that, right? And and you know, there's many ways to sort of make it, but like ultimately, what I think resonated with me is like um, it's kind of like a Navalism, uh, as I remember it, where it's like you can only spend X amount of hours working. You need to be making money while you're not physically working too. So I mean, whether you call that passive income or just investing or whatever, like you need to be able to like have your money make money for you. And I think that's that's sort of like the the basal layer of how you make it. Like you need to be putting, saving something, putting that towards something that makes you more money and then grow that over a long period of time. And this poor girl is like 20 years old or something, but she's got a lot of time ahead of her. Like she can make it through that vehicle. Yeah. Just, just focusing on that vehicle. Well, like, you know, saving and having your money, make you more money over a long period of time that compounds and that turns into a, quite a bit of money. And I think like what the time is the advantage. Well, I think what, what a lot of uh, Gen Zers maybe are. But I'm like I'm I'm a millennial actually, right? Yeah. So millennial we, we goes know. until no, you still millen- you still got it. No, millennial goes until 1980, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, then I Dude. still got it. Oh yeah, like millennials. <laughs> what did you like, think you were? Uh, I think I'm right on the cusp. I thought it was like I, I literally no, thought it was not on the cusp. I thought it was no, 1984. You're not on the cusp. It's like 1980, no. dude. I thought it was 84, and I was like, <laughs> I could no, be wrong. No, 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 Can no, GPT no, no. Jordan check that? But it's definitely um, not 84. I think it's it's like you know it's like 1981 or 80. Well, like um, I'll I'll tell you this with a portion of my portfolio that started when I was um, 13 years old when I started trading, I I did nailed it. 1981. 81. Okay, so Bam. from a, a very young age, I started trading early just because my dad kind of introduced me to it. And with a portion of that, I just put it in like S&P 500 and, and NASDAQ and would like continuously contribute to that over over the years. What's happened to that portfolio is kind of astounding. You know, like mm-hmm. I am very active in my trading life and everything, but like that little thing, I'm just like, holy fuck, dude. Like that does work. Okay. I, I guess my... Yes, I, I see that. Like that's still possible. You're saying you can just set enough money aside, put it to work for you. Yeah. Let I time. Think- so what? I, what I wanted to say about the age thing is like, say you are in your 30s, late 30s, mid 30s, early whatever, right? Like, so let's just use me. Like I'm 37, and say I haven't started. Like, say, um. Like, what do you do? Because now I don't have as much time to my advantage. Yeah, the compounding is going to have as much of an impact. Right. So portfolio approach for me is what? It's got to get aggressive really quick, right? So, by the way, for what it's worth, like in this AI age, I don't know if you guys saw today, fucking Google just put in $2 billion into Anthropic. There's a lot happening. Like, I, I think, like, just the top dog incumbents, Google, Microsoft, Amazon. Uh, this was, like, uh, like, this is, this was going to be a, a topic on uh, our next uh, investing show. Oh, yeah. Because, like, what I, what I see, dude, the incumbents are going to win. Bro. Yes. This is, this is something we've been pounding the table on forever. Like, it's we're on the, the same cusp, incumbents that won the, the tech game like are going to win this. Grand 
No, bull no. run that people can't even comprehend. No, but but like, but you don't have to like comb through the forest and like, oh my god, I found this like, like little I, known. You don't. You just, you just literally have to bet on like Google, like seven Microsoft, just yes, walk away. Nvidia. I think that's the nuance because away. we had talked previously about like Citrini's report on like have like exposure to seventy different AI stonks, and I'm with Armand where it's like. What I see now is like you get rising rates, you make a hurdle rate for new investment that's higher where like, you know, it gets harder for for new competitors to come in and like disrupt. So what does that mean? It, it makes the incumbents stronger. Yes. So those guys are going to fucking crush. They're so well capitalized. They can just scoop up any business. Like Microsoft even scooped up OpenAI. 50%, 51%. Yeah. And like OpenAI is huge. And huge. Microsoft is like, yoink. You know, like eighty billion. But there, there play. is a barbell there. There are some companies on, like, I don't know, maybe it's like the cloud infrastructure side or something, where you'll be able to invest in, and then a Microsoft will be like, "All right, we're just going to buy you." And then, even though that's a blip on that company's radar for you, maybe maybe like ten x in like a in like a year. And you're, of oh, course, well, that, that's a great that's a great play. Of course, you know? but like that's for a that's for a fiddler or somebody who wants to devote time and effort and energy to it. I would tell this girl. You don't have to do that. Just keep working your job, uh, you know, pare back your lifestyle to whatever degree you're comfortable with and invest in the fucking Microsoft and whatever. And if Bill Gurley is right from that talk that we talked about, I'm imagining my little episode 147 popped up. Well, then the incumbents will really win in AI in particular because regulation and regulatory capture only appears to benefit the incumbents more than anybody. So makes it, oh, by the way, fucking executive order today on AI. Like, that's big. Yeah, that oh, looks saw terrible. That. I don't know if you, you want to go so? totally off the rails. I know, that's totally off the rails. That's very off the rails. <sighs> Whatever. Welcome to the alfalfa pod. Oh, so hold man. on. I actually didn't I didn't read through. I saw that that came through, yeah. but I, uh, can you give some TLDR on? No, I can't do a good job of okay, that well, right now. No notes on that. Yeah. The TLDR is, um, it depends who you ask, you know? Um, like a person every, who thinks logically or a person who thinks illogically? I mean, okay. You want to have a hot take? You can have a hot take. <laughs> like, you got a hot take ready, give it. But, like, I, I think that here's my take. I'll give you my take, right? My take is it was uh, an overreach. It was an overreach by the government. Why? I think Bill Gurley was right. I think that talk we talked about was correct. Of course. There's a lot of money to be made in this industry. It's about money. It's about control. I think that, like, are there real existential risks? And is there actually, logically, clearly a path for doomsday AI scenarios to affect our democracy? Yes. Is that the reason that we should uh, bring this level of regulation to a technology that is so young? No. The real reason to do it is probably the the real reason for the government to do it is the money. I think it's too early to regulate something that is so unclear. On the other hand, if I'm wrong and this technology needs to be captured early and controlled early because there are real AI doomsday scenarios, then thank God we did it and that's great. I fear that we are limiting the innovation of foundational models far too early. Um, Andrew from Deep Learning AI, Andrew, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, NG, 
uh, argues that the regulation should be happening on the application layer, not the model layer. And that's a really interesting take because he says that the application layer is where it's a lot easier for startups to you know, show their cards and say, like, here's what I'm doing and here's why I'm doing it and here's what it's intended to do. Whereas the foundational model layer is like where all the innovation happens, where all the applications build upon. So much we could talk about, but that's the the, the gist of my uh, general take. That's a good discussion. I mean, this ties into what we've talked about a little bit, where we, we, we've talked a little bit about how, like, crypto will enable AI, how these things will be sort of synergistic, right? Yeah. And I think we have a similar thing in crypto, right, where you have uh, Bitcoin, which is this underlying protocol that is aims to be sort of decentralized out of the reach of governments and i would argue that it is right but if you want to reach a consumer if you want to build a practical business if you want to have an app if you want to have people like download something use it connect it to the banking rails that's another story and then you do have to go through these hoops and these two things that can exist together right so the idea that like you could prevent bitcoin from existing is to me like as ridiculous as the idea that you can prevent one of these models of the base layer from existing they're too powerful they're too economically valuable and if like anybody tries to squeeze the balloon people are going to, like we already have the decentralized infrastructure to a degree to let these things like if, if the government squeezed hard enough people could run these models like they, they could move off the traditional internet and they would just like go underground, right? So I think it is appropriate to have this two-tiered thing where you let the sort of core run, but then you have this regulation on the app side, and maybe you can kind of strike this this yeah. balance. But yeah. when I saw this thing, like I was the, the immediate thought that went into my head was, um, have you guys heard of the story of when cars were invented, and the government freaked out about it so much that like when you had a car, you had to you had to pay for a person to walk in front of your car with a red flag. Oh, because there was no like driver's to, licenses at this like, point or anything. Warn all the oncoming because people were like the car. They're gonna run over. They're gonna kill everybody. It's gonna be blood in the streets, massacre. So the government passed a law where you had to like walk in front of the car, waving a flag. And we look back on that. We're like, wow, that's so fucking stupid. But we've always done. We've done this over and over and over again. And I was racking my brain. Like, can you think of a point where there was something like this where the government was like, whoa. We got to regulate that, and it ended up being a good idea. Because the thing that immediately comes to mind is I don't know if you. No, I don't know and if you the saw more important the, uh, part, by the way, is that 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 never is uh, decreased. It's never reversed. That's the most important part of regulation. Yes, it does not decrease over time. Never, ever. Important principle. Very. Yeah, government. This, this is like a Thomas Sowell thing, right? Like government bureaucracies, <sighs> organized. They're, and they're, that's concerning. They're living organisms that once you give life to them, they just their grow. main goal is to replicate and breed and, and keep existing. And it's like jobs for yeah. them. It's like literally like jobs. Like, oh, I'm gonna have a fucking seat, mm. and I'm gonna do this shit for the rest of my life. The the real concern here about the executive order is what it does to open source models. It stifles innovation at the open source level more than anything else. That's a big problem. And that's what most people are concerned about. So I don't know. I think that like um, like anything, what is truth anymore, right? Like are the doomsday scenarios real? Like yes and no. It depends who you ask, right? And uh, do we need to do the right thing? Of course we do. And 
is a certain level of regulation necessary? But I don't know. I'm, I, Bill, Bill Gurley made me think about a lot of things in a very different way from that talk of just being like, why is Sam Altman being a good boy and being so you know, forthcoming with the government about everything that he wants to do? That's never what been a question that? in my mind, ever. What is your... The idea that like Sam Altman is some pure human who's just, oh, just I don't know any boy. of the company. I'm a good boy. And I just want to, and please regulate me so that I don't like do anything. I don't want to hurt you. It's just bullshit. Like all, like you can use this heuristic about humans and it's always true. Like all humans generally pursue power. If they get too much power, they get corrupted. Like the idea, like this is like an age old trope that is true. It's the foundation of why our government is designed the way it is. It is just like a function of how humans behave. So of course he is like every other human. Of course he is. Of course he is. And if you follow the incentives, yeah. was that Charlie Munger quote? Like, show me the incentives. I'll show you the outcome. Yep. Yeah. That It's always true. It's literally always true and if it's not true you just didn't properly understand the incentives like you mm -hmm. you thought they were something but they're actually but like it's always true it's never not true you'd have to be a very radical person to not follow the incentives you're a once in a generation person yeah you have to be like actually crazy you're free you're or free. just you're like a jim carrey or something you know, you're just like you're just you're like, like a revealing Kanye. You're the like a Kanye, but like Wizard those people are also like a little bit crazy. There's like a exactly. there's like a good amount of crazy where you can be just creative enough to to break the mold and do stuff, but like also you, you also do some weird shit. Yeah, right? there's just like a delicate balance there. Do you think Russell Brand is the real deal? Yes, I do too. I do. I do too. Yeah, we never really talked about. Uh, what was I think the latest he's the real on that? deal, man. Yeah, I think he definitely plays the game. He plays the game, but he was getting to get the views. He was getting fucked before, right? Oh yeah. Like, is he back yeah. now? I haven't been following it. Yeah, apparently, like last I checked the internet, which was like a month ago, he was getting fucked because. Uh, what did he do? There were allegations that he was. Uh, oh God! Uh, yeah. Raping or something. Yeah, sorry. I completely... I, I was like, where did I even leave off with the internet? It was that. It was that he was... That was your last time online? Yeah. He was getting <laughs> accused of, of the R word. Like, I feel like I can't even say that word. It's such a... It's an incredible word. That's the thing that's um, right at you, for sure. So, uh, I don't know where that landed. That was like a month ago. But he uh, made it seem, last I checked, that, uh, you know... It was a coerced effort. Uh, no, again, no idea like what has happened since then in the last month. Like he could be guilty right now, and I don't, I don't even know. And I'd be like, okay, well, fuck Russell Brand. Um, sure. Is he? I don't know. Like, well, like don't know. The, the mental model I've formed. But is, my my point, by yeah. the way, when I was talking about Russell Brand, was everything before that controversy. Like I felt like he was doing a great job of illuminating truth upon these things that we are attempting to talk about. That's all. Yeah. But like, apparently he touched on too many topics and now is being, you know, attacked or he really did do some disgusting things and deserves to go to jail for them. Or both I mean, can be true. Like maybe he was illuminating I mean, the truth he needs, and he's a rapist. Exactly. Like, and maybe he should be in jail for that. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. It's interesting how there is this through, you, you, you were like, what do, Tucker Carlson and Russell Brand have in common, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They believe very different things. Very. 
But yet they've been on each other's shows and they've both been kind of kicked out of the main. So you're, you know, like, why is that? What is like the common thread between those two things? And like to, to me, it's that they're both like very like they're anti-establishment. Yeah, that's easy. Like, like they like, don't sing the song. But people don't get this. People think there's like left and right. Pied but it's not Piper, left man. and right. It's like in and out. It's, it's a in and out, right? Yeah. Like because Tucker got kicked off of Fox, and like people are a lot of people are like Fox and Tucker, same thing, right? It's all the same thing. It's not all the same. No, he thing. started. A, he started an establishment his and an own establishment right? Yes, and they didn't like that. Yes, and there's an establishment left and an anti-establishment left, right? And then there's like this establishment that transcends all of politics, and if you cross that, you're fucked, no matter who you are, right? And it's it's super interesting, and we wouldn't have noticed it before. We wouldn't have noticed it decades ago before people were able to get these like huge platforms, obviously. Right. But but now we see it like plain as day, and it's it, it's it's kind of wild to watch. I hope he's okay. Like I actually, when you brought it up, I used to get his videos in my feed all the time. Like so, oh, new Russell. Uh, Brand- now that you mentioned it, like I haven't got a YouTube? video. In I think forever. he moved to. He was on Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. I think. Did he, moved- he completely get kicked off YouTube? I don't think he got kicked off. But the last ever video I watched was him being like, "Hey, this is what's happening," and mm. "Hey, for that reason, you know, join me on Rumble." Mm. Um, it's gonna get harder, so let's go to Rumble. That was yeah. basically the gist of the of the talk. Yeah, I like him. I feel like I have this like I feel like I vibe really well with like the anti-establishment lefties. Okay. Like I watch Russell and I'm like, "Yeah, I got that." Or I watch somebody like Jimmy Dore, I'm like, "Okay, yeah, I get that." But like some of the anti-establishment like right people, I'm like, "Oh, oh, that's to look right." What's what's <laughs> an example crazy. of that? Anti-establishment right. Um, I don't know. Like Tucker is anti-establishment right, but okay. like Tucker doesn't make me go like, uh. Like I'm like, all right. Like I kind of get. But there's there's a lot of anti-establishment right that I feel like is just like weird. Whereas like I feel like Russell is like the sweet spot of like, yeah, I get this. It's just like he's a guy with these like traditional Alex liberal Jones? values. Oh God! Yeah, Alex Jones, <laughs> anti-establishment, right? Oh, okay, God. I have mixed feelings on Alex. Jones. I actually have never listened to Alex Jones. I have a lot, actually. I know you have a lot. You apparently listened to the six-hour Joe Rogan episode. I tried to, to get thing. me to listen to it. Yeah, and you go, Armand, it's six hours long. It's crazy. And I said, Stephen, that's never going to happen, and it didn't happen. So two X speed, brother. Two X speed is three hours of life. For a man named Alex Jones, who's talking about some batshit crazy stuff, man. Yeah, you're you're being too dismissive. I don't know. You're being too dismissive. I I'm not, and I I'm agree. not saying that I the agree. majority of his ideas are good. I because agree. They're not. I agree. I know nothing about this person, and I feel like my question for you is, what percentage of what he says is worth listening to? <sighs> It's a hard question to answer, but I would say like 30%. Okay. It's a pretty high percentage. It means the ma- vast majority of what he says is nonsense. But like, I, I think it's important to go through life and be like, what is the most abhorrent thing I can think of? Who is like, and it's just like, look that up on YouTube and listen to it. Just Why? be like, be, because it's like important. <laughs> it's important. Why? Like, do you, well, do you care about truth? 
Uh, yeah, but I don't well, care if you about care, if you care about truth. the most abhorrent uh, thing I could possibly imagine. Well, how do you know and, like, what you believe? That's it, how do you know what you believe is right if you've never listened to anything that challenges it? Those are two different things. No, it's not. It's the same thing. Like no. most of what people think is truth is just this. There's just this placeholder with a thing I've heard repeated over and over and over again. So, that Eric, I've never would heard you agree of. that like to be challenged at a fundamental level might be valuable? Yeah, and I, I guess I the way I think about this is is probably like a bell curve, and Stephen's saying like listen to the entire bell curve, and I would probably just in my own mind just think that like the majority of truth exists like within three standard deviations. I don't need to go to fucking seven standard deviations and like listen to all. Why of do you it. think somebody think like Alex Jones is seven standard deviations? I'm not even talking about him. I'm talking about what you said, which is listen to the most abhorrent shit you possibly can. <laughs> but that's not seven standard deviations. Like, if it's abhorrent in your brain, be? it's probably like two standard deviations. You know? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of like there. There's a lot of stuff that you think is true that if you you've never actually listened to another perspective. I don't, I don't disagree know. that listening to really extremely I was being hyperbolic, obviously to an extent. I don't mean like seek out literally the most ridiculous, but I mean like pick a thing that you think is just a given that you've actually, if you okay, think so about, can like I give you've an never example? heard an opposing view to. <laughs> uh, Nick Gango says Alex Jones is nine deviations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like silly. Alex Jones is nine deviations. No, but so like I, oh, okay, so like somebody that I really have always like disliked at a surface level i was judging him was glenn beck okay i was just like not interesting to me it's like not interesting but like i remember tim ferris interviewed him tim ferris interviewed yeah glenn and he got beck. a lot of backlash for it and he was just like dude guys like just check him out and like it's okay like it's okay if you disagree with him and that's what he said and i was like yeah that's me you're speaking to me i do disagree with him i don't like him he comes off as a pompous asshole on TV, and I don't like assholes, so I'm going to give him a chance. And, like, I remember listening to him, and I don't know what percent I would assign to it. It could have been 10. It could have been 30, where I was like, those were cool ideas. The rest I still hated, but I went into it with a more open mind. And I think that's important, and I think that's what you're trying to say. I yes. think what you're trying to say is allow yourself to listen to people that are fundamentally nine standard deviations away from your version of the truth and see what you can find. See what's there. And I think that's a very fair and honest way of, 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 of seeking truth. Yeah. Uh, I, otherwise, you are truly just feeding yourself I think echo you, chamber. You should probably um, assign your time similarly to the bell curve like things that are like way far out of the standard deviation curve you assign your time in a limited fashion to that because it's i disagree because like if you're spending all your time in the middle of the curve all you're doing is reinforcing you're stuff reinforcing. you already know and it's yeah. like but that's like time most really likely to be true though is it though probably is it though like probably I, I don't, Wait, I don't, why would I don't that know. most likely be true why would the fucking nine standard deviation away thing be more likely to be true wait wait hold on a second this well, is hold very interesting no 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 i i want let me ask All this right, question you go first you are here you're just here you're a person what makes you think that your version of reality is more true than the one that is believing that they're true 
nine standard deviations away from you. I'm very curious. Well, I guess there's what like you mean by social this. proof involved. Like if if something is um, believed sort of by more people, then I I think it's probably more likely to be true. That's so interesting because I uh, have often thought that the beliefs that are held by less people are often more true. Can I ask this a different way? Like, what is the value majority? in listening to something yes. that you already believe? I honestly don't listen to like you mentioned all these names. I haven't listened to any of them. Yeah, no, so, no, I, you, you're obviously different than me and Armand. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't. I never heard of any of these names that you mentioned. By but the like, way, but like, what what is the value? Even if what you believe I is like true, what is the value of like listening the to belief it over of the and majority over again? is likely false. I don't even listen to any of these people because I want to go to the source material always and make my own decisions. Like, I don't listen to anyone. Like, that's that's okay. sort of my own thing. I guess what is so yeah okay that's interesting what is source material then So like we just talked about the AI right. regulation and nobody fucking referenced the source material because nobody knows it and that's where I would go with it But like I don't I need to know the source to, material because we're referencing, referencing brands we're referencing take on something it, better you know, like, than the source material which is like fundamental truths we understand yeah. about human nature Yeah These like Russell like Brand's take principles. on the AI regulations would be better than the AI regulation bill itself no no, well, actually, it probably just would to, be. Just to, to clear be that up, Russell Brand had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I know. I'm just, that. I, that's the one name that I knew, so I just referenced that okay. one. But any of these names could have referenced anything, and I'd like just rather... But, no, this is a good example. Like uh, we, mo we don't have to read most government bills because we so fundamentally understand like the first principles Their of governments, why they exist, the incentives of the participants, that it's like just painfully and depressingly obvious what happened why it happened and where it goes it's like a movie that repeats over and over and over and over again because you get to that is the true source material is human nature i'm i'm okay with that definition as well like i'm not sitting here i mean like oh my god elizabeth warren I, I i know people like her i listen to her you know that's not it I just l don't like listening to anybody. I think it's my my main point. Like, That's a fair point. Like if you're just like I don't care. It's well, not that I, I don't care. I want the source material. That's what I care about. I don't care about Russell Brand's take or Elizabeth Warren. The source material is like like where is the source material? Some things don't have source material. Of course, of course. But you know, if given the choice, if given the choice, you should go there. I agree. I with would. That. I mean, I, I, don't, I definitely agree with that. Don't care what I. I remember else talking does. to your dad about that for hours. <laughs> oh, I love Eric's dad. Yeah. I, I I remember that. It was, and I think that that's 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 smart. Well, my dad is uh, a you guys, by the way. He tries to take in all one hundred percent of the bell curve, also, and I think he's retarded for that. <laughs> oh God, we're gonna go there. <laughs> I I think it's important. I do. <laughs> I don't think it's possible, obviously, to take in a hundred percent. It's impossible, of course. But uh, what I also I think see... it makes you stronger, wiser, better, more informed, and you don't have to do that for everything. So one thing I'll, I'll like, I'll give you guys a a, a cap tip, a tip of the cap. Um, my dad, go, he listens to hundred percent of the source material because he already knows what his stance is. And he wants to find the rebuttals along the way. I think I feel like you guys are actually like searching for nuggets of truth. Your dad's a lawyer. Uh, yeah, he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer in that sense. He's on the lawyer on the vertical axis yes. of like a thought. Yeah. I, yes, I, I feel like I am doing that sometimes. I, I honestly don't know what I think sometimes. Right. So I'm looking for confirmations and 
to be refuted. You know, like there's so many great examples of like ways you can refute your own beliefs and hypotheses by just like going out there and being like, what's what's out there? And I don't know. I think the, the interesting thing about being young is that you have such firm beliefs, like to kind of start to loop this back. Right. You you as a young person, you have passion and charisma and 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 you just like this conviction this word conviction by the way it gets thrown around so much in crypto you have conviction for your beliefs but as you get older you actually are more interested in what you don't believe hmm. you're more interested in what you don't know because you actually realize that you know nothing you got to know what you don't know you you know nothing you're an idiot and and a truly wise person is aware of that and anyone who's like, I have such, you know, strong belief in this or that, often to me is a signal of a person who's a little bit less open, right? Their openness in the big five is a little less. And so, like, that's fine. That's interesting. Because then you get to have a really good debate with that kind of person. A person who has very strong conviction is a fun person to have a debate with but a person who has very high openness is a really fun person to explore seek truth and philosophize with and so i i think that 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 is a fun way to approach these like big alfalfa type ideas hmm. so where do we wrap this how do we bring it home I don't know. We went. We yeah. We went off the rails. We started but in Georgia, the state. We ended up in Georgia, the country. I did see a com- now I'm in Antarctica. I, I did see know. a comment on somewhere along the line. Somebody said, "Like, man, I miss these like these kind of alfalfa talks." Yeah, I saw and, that. And uh, this is exactly what I want alfalfa. To yeah, can sort we talk be. about this a little bit? Yeah, please. So, so people listening will Catch notice that. Up. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't talk about a lot of what do I buy. We didn't talk about where um, do I sell. You know, J-Pow did talk today, and they didn't raise rates. We didn't mention that. Didn't mention it. Didn't even talk about it. Yeah. Right. So, like, I think where we want to go with this is like to have Alfalfa be uh, a venue for really heady intellectual conversations like this, where we can explore things, and we have another venue for like investment tactical like moves. And I think we're that thinking w- of having multiple venues multiple right? multiple that's venues. what the discord is the discord is multiple venues like yes everybody wants number go up but also a lot of people want to ask questions about life and politics and right they're, they're searching so for alfalfa like these becomes the intersection of the four of us we miss you nick um exploring these difficult ideas finding our it's the messy gray like we've called it that, right? Mm-hmm. And then we've got the money thing, you know, where we get technical. We've got maybe the maybe maybe we got a mailbox money thing, a real estate kind of investing real, its own Nick. thing, a startup thing and with maybe you. a startup thing. Maybe we get a little act, you know, I mean, acquired it's, it's, pod it's money kind of and, vibe it's money going. And philosophy, right? It, really, yeah. if you were to just still, boil it yeah. down, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's we have this like Venn diagram, I think, where we have all these circles that are concentric in a very tiny area where I think like we can explore deeper if we like separate those circles. Yeah. And I'd be curious to hear from, from the alfalfa community, how interested they would even be 
in a sort of like founder interview series. Yeah. Uh, like what Acquired does. So first of all, I, I just got introduced to the podcast Acquired. They're yeah. fucking good, by yeah, the way. Great. It was like, it like made me shape up a little bit. I was like, Jesus, like I'm just mostly drunk. So, <laughs> so I love those guys, and I I want to raise my hand first to be like I would love your founder series. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I've been meeting some incredible ones lately. Yeah. Incredible, you know, nine figure guys. So and gals, yeah, but mostly guys. But if I could <laughs> if I could drill deeper into what you're alluding to, like we Please. to because we're we're always transparent with the audience and we do a lot of stuff. We're like, eh, what do you guys think about this? What do you guys think about this? The show has evolved like many times over many, the last many times couple of years, right? Um, and that's kind of the beauty of it is that, that it's this like interactive, like breathing life form where we do things, we talk to people and we get feedback. And like we know that the Discord is interesting because we have these two people. Like everybody is there mostly primarily because they want to make money and like making money makes sense. It's like I gotta get up and live and thrive and make it in the world and that's cool. But after everybody makes money, they always do the same thing. They always like turn into Jack Dorsey and they get into meditating and they go to Bhutan or something and like they check grow like a huge talking about Nick right now or <laughs> yeah like Nick is you know, Nick is doing exactly what I'm saying um so those two things exist and like I feel like we've always struggled to like go to both of those things in one show it's like really hard to do right like it's really hard to have these like philosophical discussions and then also be like why soul is overvalued or undervalued it's almost stupid to to put those two things together it feels a little like it well, feels it feels wrong and like and in doing this show today like I felt really good like I felt like the whole show right. made sense this is like I one of my like favorite Alpha Alvas of all time in flow what and absolutely really it just like it just made it sense was focused yeah it yeah. just it was a good convo that made sense wasn't a shit show yeah. Yeah, the intellectual shit show was. You want to do away with too the much shit of show? a shit show. Too much of a shit show. I, I don't so. think it's too much of a shit show. I just well, you can have a shit show within the realm of what Eric's talking about. Well, I just don't think like predicting prices of random financial assets is like that intellectual, to be honest. Like I think this stuff is like more mm. intellectual. But like drawing a rectangle on the chart, even though I love drawing rectangles on charts, like mm -hmm. I. It, it, like I'm not, I'm no Einstein, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not. But it should have its own venue to do that. But I love yes. it. It should have a venue. Yeah. So, so people listening will probably notice that, like, we didn't comment on Coin Stock tonight, or what ETH BTC is doing, or what Bitcoin yeah. is doing, or whether Tesla is going to forty dollars. Coinbase like, has earnings tomorrow. Ignored all of it. We could Coin, talk yeah, about all it. this stuff. We totally ignored it. Um, we're thinking about splitting off into like a second show. Like we did a pilot last week uh, and it was like very fun. I had a good time doing it. Much like I had a good time doing this show. Wait, because there's like, also a second show. It could be three shows. There Four could be shows. three shows. Get, keep it in your pants, man. No, I'm just saying you got, the, <laughs> you got the lines and you got the thing you guys did, right? So well, are the what lines I, the thing you guys did? Is look, it like a merger? Is there a merger? Look, look, what I know for sure is that our audience most of them. There are actually some people in our audience who I talk to. I agree with Dan Simmons. This, what we did, is our bread and butter. Yeah. Yes. This Agreed. is our bread and butter. This is our flagship show. And then we have specific expertise, <laughs> which yes. I am not part of that 
part. Yeah. <laughs> right? So you should go deep on that. But then I can do like an acquired pod thing. That we don't is, know. Which is bad. Yeah. I don't want to call it like the acquired pod thing. But it's, like, round. it's my own version. It's like flow with yeah. me on these founders. And then Nick's got his like mailbox money thing. And they're very different things. Yes. And that's good. But this show is our show. This is right. the flagship show. Right. This is the true That's magic the of why yes. the community is good. Yes. Like the community isn't good because a bunch people of people stay for there's the There's a community. million discords where people are like, can devs do something? Why coin go down? Like there's like a million discords like that. People in this discord are also like, why coin uh, go down? I love also, you, Tom Nom. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, Tom Nom is on point. I can find it financial advice from everywhere, he says. I can't find these deep life discussions anywhere else. Yeah. That's, I think, our unique four-person jam. Absolutely. And I agree with that. And I think that, like, when we, although, like, by combining them, we are simulating our actual life. Yes. We also are living in the world of algorithms that we rely on for distribution. And, like, we are doing that's this right. weird thing. We're trying to build an audience that's, like, asking where, like, Bitcoin is going next month. And then we're talking about about zoomers <laughs> and can they make it a deep life discussion followed by fucking or like do aliens dogecoin price yeah. on the next like, show do aliens exist right. and dogecoin should not be in, well i can actually see an argument for that <laughs> but uh, you know they don't deserve to be in the same conversation yeah so what i will go doesn't like that what i want to do is keep this Yes. And amplify it and make it so that when like people tune in they know this is what they're getting because right. like even like me personally i'm like I've always struggled to like, like I'm being quite candid right now. I struggle to explain to people what the show's about because like you have to like really. It's like one of those things where like, oh, if you get it, you get it. But that's but if not you good. don't get it, it's <laughs> you yeah, really don't get no, it. No, you don't want that. It's all over the place, right? You don't want that. So I think what we're going to do moving forward, at least like as the V1, is to now split off like the hyper financial. Like, how do I make money? How do I make it? Because to me, that's not like philosophical. It's still interesting to me. It's still like my life, but it's not philosophical. It's not like the root of like what guides us as humans. And I want to have its like own thing where it can thrive. And I want the people who tune into that to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to tune in here and I'm going to get charts, right? And then I want people who tune into this to be like, oh, I'm going to get cool philosophical discussions about life and technology and all this stuff. And I don't have to wait an hour and a half into the stream, yeah. Talking about the title doesn't match. It, it, yeah, it, it, like it doesn't make sense to me, and it you can't find it anyway. Like if you were a, a listener or watcher, it's just yeah, yeah. You couldn't even find it's, it. So 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 my it's my thought in. my thought is that we're gonna try to split this, and for people listening, like we're we we had we, me and Eric had a lot of fun doing the show last week. It felt great, but I also was like, oh, I miss. Like I still miss like those old Alpha Alpha episodes where we used to they, they were brutal, right? Cuz we were in my we were in my dining room for like 4 hours cuz we did three we did episodes. three episodes in a row. <laughs> no, 4 hours minimum. <laughs> Each no, one it was, was more like 5 to 6. No, dude. 6 hours. Dude. It was we six did, like hours. a whole episode money, of like life this. politics. We did also. money life politics every Wednesday back to back. It was back so ridiculous looking back on it. Yeah, but yeah. like also really fun. But um, this makes sense. I think this makes sense. I would love to know what everyone else out there actually thinks about this. But yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes sense too. Uh, for people listening, me and Eric are going to do a live stream tomorrow. Oh, it's still going to be in the Alfalfa feed on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube. 
Okay. We're Probably, doing over Probably over oh, Zoom. Probably over Zoom. Yeah, we're gonna try like a uh, like a digital one. See how it goes. What the time? one live last week was fun. Uh, we're gonna do it at two, two Pacific time. Okay. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to include the Euros in. I like that. Because me and Eric can apparently do stuff at two p.m. Yeah, the Euros, we got a lot of Euros. A lot of Euros. We got a, a lot of Euros. A lot of Aussies. I think it's like too. twenty to thirty percent of our audience. So this can be your uh, late so, night show, Euros. Yeah. So, so we're gonna we're gonna try that for a bit, see how it goes. I think if it goes well, we'll 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 split the channels. Like my goal is to have people like have like a very concise view of what they're getting when they tune into the channel because like yeah. I think we're doing ourselves a disservice to confuse people to an extent. Like, yes, it's building this base of people who are like, yes, I checked these five boxes and it's awesome. But like, I think there are a lot of people who would tune into <laughs> us who don't like, care about Max. Money Max and, and such. Uh, says, all Max I say? do is think about asset prices and existentialism. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. literally our audience. I didn't know. I didn't know how to explain our podcast no, until now. That's like, uh, that, that could possibly be the tagline: <laughs> asset prices and existentialism. No, it's a perfect tagline, but no, also it it's is. a tagline that only applies to like four out of every thousand I know. humans. <laughs> so what you need to do is probably find the asset. Price people, a lot of build a show for people, them, a lot of and then build the existentialists people. separately because that and shit. Then maybe we can cross. Yeah, there's there's only I have to say, Max, I am you and you are me and my penguin Max, is that you. That's funny as fuck. You remember that, Stephen, the penguin? Oh yeah, I am my penguin. I am my penguin. My penguin is me. Yes. All right, yeah, we're a long way from uh, bull peak NFT market. Hey, are my curio cards coming back? <laughs> It's <laughs> hilarious. Is that funny? Is uh, that like an ancient relic to you at this point? No, I actually have an interesting take on that that I'm not going to give to you All right, right now. Fuck it. This was great, guys. Love you. Appreciate you, Alfalfa community. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. Thank you for being here from the heart. Seriously, thank you for it. being here. Thank yeah. you. Welcome back. Thank you, listeners. You. Thank you. Um, in the in the YouTubes, it means a lot. Um, we're having a blast. The journey continues.